Glad to have you worshiping with us today as we're getting so close uh, to Christmas. Just want to very briefly uh, this morning address the uh, tragic shootings that occurred uh, out on the East Coast this uh, last week. Very, very sad and all these small children and stuff that were killed. And uh, Oftentimes when something like this happens, the first question we ask is why? Everybody's asking why? All the policymakers, all the politicians, everybody's asking why, what can we do differently, da 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 uh, You know, and sometimes people will say, well, why did God, you know, allow that to happen? First of all, God had nothing to do with it. Uh, sometimes people act very, very, very badly. And uh, it is what it is. Now, in the United States of America, in Western culture, for the last solidly 40 years, we have been headed in the most dramatic anti-God direction this country has ever seen. Uh, it's been rather dramatic. We have been just in a deluge of uh, exposure to two things, which you hear about a lot, sex and violence. Uh, the result is our immorality virtually does not exist today. It's always stunning to me how often I have to talk about it as a pastor and talk about the rights and wrongs of just this, and people look at you like you dropped in from Mars, because they think, well, nothing doesn't matter as long as we love each other, why do we care? Um, and as a result, we have all kinds of problems, and the same thing with the violence. Uh, the Bible says God is not mocked. In other words, he's taking this seriously. You will reap what you sow. Not that this was anybody's fault, certainly not these children's fault or any of those teachers out there, but as a nation, you do reap what you sow. Um, just uh, from the standpoint of the immorality that we have. You know, do you know that we spend billions of dollars every year, just huge amounts of energy and treasure that we burn away trying to find cures for diseases that would not exist if people would just keep their pants on? Just be moral. I mean, is it seriously? And of course, you say that, people are stunned. Oh, how can you say that? Hello? I mean... Can we get any dumber? I don't think you can. I mean, it's just truly stunning. And then the violence, too, that is just promoted through our, our media and our culture. And then we're shocked when some nutcase goes off and, and, and does this. Um, and everybody's looking for why, you know? Again, where was God? Again, God had nothing to do with it. It would be like someone going around a corner that says 25 miles an hour, and they go screeching around it at 85 Someone's likely to get hurt, even if you have an innocent little baby in the back seat. And oftentimes things like this will happen and people say, well, where was God? Well, again, there's a thing called free will. If you're going to be that crazy, people get hurt. You know, that's why there will be a judgment day. People will have to give an account for the things that they did. But uh, uh, I would love to tell you it's, it's, uh, we can find an easy answer to this. There is no easy answer. And everybody's running around trying to find an answer. You know, we need some new laws or new controls or, you know, but crazy people are going to do what crazy people do. You know, we already have laws. Don't shoot people. Uh, it doesn't really seem to affect these people. I don't know if you've noticed, but they're not law abiders, <laughs> you know. So we need to get rid of guns. What, if he stabs everybody, we're going to ban cooking utensils? I mean, it's, it's just, it never stops. We have a, we reap what we sow in this country. We have opened the floodgates from hell into our living rooms with stuff that is inappropriate both sexually and violence-wise. And then we're stunned and shocked when things like this happen. God will not be mocked. We will reap 
what we sow. And this isn't the end of it. I promise you it's not the end of it. And there's no combination of policies they can come with that's going to really make any difference at all. We don't have a policy problem in the United States of America. We have a heart problem. We need to get right uh, in our hearts. When we live the way, and then of course we ban God from schools and anything in the public square. We can, God is not allowed. And hang a nativity thing in city squares like you just put up a swastika or something. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So we ban God from public, and then when something terrible happens in public, we say, well, where was God? Well, he was obeying the rules. No God. So anyway, we just, I don't know what it's going to take for Americans. I, I mean, you know, you read the Old Testament. I've talked about this before. You read the Old Testament, and it's stunning how stubborn these people were. And God warned them again and again and again about judgment. And they wouldn't stop, and they wouldn't stop. And I, you read it, it's hard not to laugh. and think, how dumb are these people? But we're exactly the same way. What will it take? I remember 9-11. Almost everybody remembers 9-11. Every church and house of worship in this country was packed the Sunday after 9-11. I'll never forget it. And I thought, you know, maybe as sad as this was, this is the kind of thing that will jerk the slack out of people to get serious about respecting God in their lives. But as stunned as I was that so many people showed up the Sunday after, I was equally shocked that within about three weeks, everything was back to normal. They just stop. We have very short memories in this country. I don't know what it's going to take for people. But uh, we live in a dangerous world. We live in a very corrupt world. We can't just get mad after all the sex and violence. Get mad at God because we have AIDS and psychos. You reap what you sow. All right, let's uh, look at scriptures. Now, we're in Matthew, the 14th chapter, verse 13. Now, we just read where... Uh, John the Baptist had his head cut off because he told Herod that he couldn't do something sexually immoral, which we can't talk about that today. So uh, he gets his head cut off. And then it says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Well, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, you know, this is a remote place. It's getting late. We need to send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. A lot of people are out there, thousands of people. The Bible says there's 5,000 men along with women and children, just the culture of the day, the way they spoke. But if you've got 5,000 men, you undoubtedly probably have 5,000 women. And if you count the rugrats, there's tens of thousands of rugrats all over the place. There's a lot of people out there. And the disciples come and say, listen, you know, you've been praying for these people. This is awesome. It's getting late. They got to go get something to eat because we're out in the middle of nowhere. And Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And I'm sure they were kind of stunned like, what? What can we do about this? And they said, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. You got a bucket of fish. It's not enough to feed all these people. And Jesus said, bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. And then taking the five loaves and the two fish, 
And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. Now we're about to read two of the most remarkable miracles that Jesus ever performed. There's really three miracles that almost everybody knows about Jesus, even if they never darken the door of a church. One is that he turned water into wine. Everybody loves that one. Uh, the second is that he walked on water, which we're about to read. And the uh, third is that he fed all these people, which we're reading right now. This, these are like the most dramatic miracles that people know about Jesus. And it's really amazing when you read the Bible, what Jesus did is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. I don't think people really understand Nobody in the history of mankind ever has done what he did. In fact, no one even claims to have done what he did. I mean, you know, not Muhammad, not Buddha, no, nobody, no religious leader ever since the time human beings were walking on the face of this planet. Has anyone, anyone even claimed to do what he did in three years and dramatically changed the world and still changing the world to this day? The miracles he did, quite stunning. So anyway... He says, bring them here to me. He takes the bread and the fish and he breaks some, gives thanks, and he gives them back to his disciples. Now, what happened? As far as we can tell, nothing. Now, this is one of these strange miracles. One of the things that's really remarkable about this, and this is recorded a few times in the Gospels that he did this, is oftentimes when he would do a miracle, it was rather dramatic. Something would happen. Whoa! You know, you'd see something. You know, somebody raised from the dead. Woo! I mean, that's pretty exciting. And it would be kind of cool to, to see. Although I'm pretty sure if I'm at a funeral and the guy sits up, I'm heading for the back door. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, he did. I mean, it was like, wow, stuff would happen. Okay. Well, as far as we know, nothing happens right away or they would have reported. I'm pretty sure these guys, all of them recording this stuff. If all of a sudden fish started bubbling out of the pail and all of a sudden, you know, they just, whoa, all of a sudden fish everywhere and everybody's running up to grab. So that's not what happened. As far as we know, after he finishes praying, he gives them back the loaves and the fish, and nothing had changed. Now, what's interesting about, well, if we keep reading here, it says, then uh, he gave them to the disciples, the disciples then gave them to the people, and then they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples, when they were done, they pick up 12 basketfuls of broken fish, why 12 apostles, they each had one. And that were left over. And the number who ate, and this is where we see the number, about 5,000 men besides women and children. A dramatic miracle in the sense, and very unique, and then as far as we can tell, nothing happens until they start feeding people. And for some reason, somehow, they just never ran out. And then they probably gave some to the other guy. Well, here's a couple of, here's some fish pieces and stuff here. And, and, uh, and they started giving, and they never ran out. And after thousands of people fed, then they had 12 baskets left of all this stuff. It just never stopped. Now, the reason I point this out this morning is because oftentimes, God will work this way in people's lives. I know people come to God and they want something to happen right away. They want something dramatic. You know, they're not feeling good. Pray for me. And then they, they're still feeling lousy when they leave. Maybe they feel worse than when they came. And they get discouraged. Why didn't things change? Situations in your life. You're praying God will change. You pray, 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 pray. And then it seems like nothing happened. And, uh, uh, you know, you give financially. And, and you think, well, well, nothing, nothing, well, nothing's happened right away. See, we look in our pail of fish, and it's still the same fish. And we get discouraged. But don't get discouraged. The way it works is when you start reaching in for fish, you keep having more fish. 
It doesn't end. There's an unlimited supply. God meets all of your needs. This is what happened to these guys. And I promise you, especially with this financial stuff, people who give financially to the church, you talk to people who actually do this on a consistent level, actually tie their income, the testimonials you'll hear is like, it's just amazing. Just things are better for us. They're just better for us financially. I don't know how. See, not a lot of people have a time, hard time relating to anything from faith, but we relate to the opposite. Let me give you the opposite of this because most of you can relate to the opposite. All right? You ever been in a situation where it seemed like your pail of fish ran short? And it's like, you should have, but you don't have. And what happened to the money? I don't know. I don't know. I thought we had enough money. Now we don't have enough money to make it to the end. And all of a sudden the refrigerator broke. And that wasn't working. And there was more expenses here I wasn't expecting. And we should have had enough. And, and it's, it's and like, like we don't have enough. Anybody been there before? This is called not being blessed. This is in the non-blessed category. You work and you work and you work and you work and nothing works for you. As I, I just described a lot of people, a lot of Christians like this, certainly non-Christians, their lives suck. Everywhere they go, they hear a huge sucking sound. <laughs> Nothing works for them. Everything's horrible. I pass out. I prayed and I gave money and nothing happened. You know, because they'll think as soon as they trust asking God for a miracle, they want to hit the lottery. They want to all of a sudden open up a big old semi-load of fish comes dumping on them. Right? What's well, first? They look and I, I still got the same fish. But the thing is, when God blesses you, you don't run out of the fish. That's the difference. It's versus being blessed and not being blessed. Don't get discouraged the minute you pray. Things don't change right away dramatically like somebody raising from the dead. On occasion, you'll hear dramatic stories like that. You'll hear, some of you have, everybody has, you know, if you've been walking with Jesus very long at all, everybody has their cool stories of God had changed this and changed us. You listen to preachers like me and we talk about God did this and God did that and God, and you get the idea that, wow, God does stuff for these guys all the time. No, you're just hearing the shortened version of 58 years. <laughs> right? Well, I got this happened, I got this happened, I got like, you know, maybe 10 really cool stories. After that, I get really boring. Okay, but I got 10 really cool ones, you know, and we talk, we think, oh man, this guy has miracles, all that. No, most of my miracles, it's a bucket of fish that just doesn't run dry. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> don't get discouraged when things don't change right away. Walk in faith. Trust God. Honor God. Give and it shall be given to you. Again, he wasn't talking lottery. He's talking your fish bucket holds up. That's the kind of blessings that we're talking about. And you can either choose to keep running out of fish and having an empty bucket or learn to walk in faith, honor God, and watch what happens. How things keep always being better than they should be. And again, you talk to people who do this. Their testimony is they're shocked. It's amazing. Things go better. We started doing this. And I could, all of a sudden, I got more money. Uh, things are going... They're not mad. They're in the choir. Um, the... the <laughs> You guys in, over the other campus, all of a sudden, like 10 people stand up and start walking out. Like, Whoa, they're mad. They're not mad. I don't think they're mad. They might be mad, but they're singing. If they're mad, they're singing mad. But uh, so things don't freak out, you guys, when things don't change right away. Okay? That's not, that's pretty rare that that happens. What you will hear is lots of stories of, wow, it's just better. Our life is better. Our relationship is better. Our situation is better. I'm feeling better. Things are going better. I've got more than I thought I'd have. And somehow I'm just constantly doing better. That's what we're talking about 
when we're talking about God blessing you. I would rather walk around with a simple pail and have it never run out than constantly reaching in and not have enough. All right? Okay, so then we go on and we read the second miracle. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat to go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. I don't know what they were thinking. There's only the one boat. He says, get in the boat, go to the other side. They're probably thinking, uh, how are you getting to the other side? But they, you know, they got to a place where they didn't ask him many questions because they were afraid of him. The Bible says they were afraid to ask him questions because he always yells at them for something, you know? They say, well, what does this parable mean? He says, are you so deaf you can't understand? Stop yelling at me! I mean, they don't get it, you know? And he's constantly telling them, stop it, stop it, stop it. They, they get to the point where, okay, just do whatever he says. So get in the boat, I'll catch up. Just the one boat. I ain't asking him, you ask him, let's go, you know? So they, they got in and they take off, all right? So they're rowing, and it's a lousy night. The wind's blowing, and they're working, and it's taking them forever to go. and They're hardly making any distance at all. So um, after he dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Okay, it's the middle of the night. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land. Actually, it should be to the other side of the lake, but it's not yet because buffeted by the waves and because the wind was against them. So this is a lousy night for these guys. Oh, night long because <laughs> the wind's blowing so hard and it's dark and it's cold I assume it's dark because it's probably clouds and I don't know if you've ever been out in the middle of nowhere where there's no lights and no stars it gets really dark so it's you know their whole evening is just lousy and uh it says so at, at uh verse 25 shortly before dawn so this is all it's in the middle of the night uh Jesus went out to them well how did he do that walking on the lake well that's impressive <laughs> you know <laughs> everybody's gone they're over there he's not worried about it. he says okay I better go so he just starts walking on the water again who even claims to have done anything like this but Jesus Christ it's truly stunning so he's walking out not getting anywhere and all of a sudden they look, and, and through the haze, and the wind, and the dark, and, and they can see somebody walking on the water. This is creepy. Okay, this is not normal. I mean, you know, have you ever been standing, and you didn't think anybody was behind you, and somebody walks up and says hi to you, ah, you know what I'm saying? Freaks the willies out of you. Can you imagine being out on the lake, <laughs> and you see someone walking on the water? It's creep out time. And the Bible says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Ah! It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Well, I'll bet. I'll, I'll bet. Good grief. This has got to freak the willies out of you. But as I'm reading this, I'm going, oh, 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 oh. This is brilliant. Brilliant. It's amazing how many people are afraid of Jesus. When Jesus shows up, it scares the willies out of them. Some of you sitting in church right now, some of you visiting at our campus, you're sitting the first time, you're just white knuckled as it is, you can't wait to find out what's gonna happen next. <laughs> so, what are they gonna do next? Gonna, you're scared, a lot of people won't come to church. A lot of you guys watching me on television, you rats never go to church, get off your butts, for heaven's sakes, go to church. But they watch me every Sunday morning, come on, get alive, go to church. But they don't want to go, they're afraid, they're afraid. Jesus might be, what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen? 
and they're scared and they're scared and one thing and they sing songs and they do this and they got that crazy preacher oh my god what's gonna happen next and then the scariest most frightening part of the service shows up the offering <laughs> and they go oh no money <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah. No, don't you get out my money. It's my money. <laughs> All right, Caleb. Churchy freaks you out. You know, I always hate to tell people I'm a preacher. You know, I out in public. What do you do for a living? And I go, oh. Because the minute you tell them, they freak out. You know, it's like you're the wicked witch of the West. You know, oh, what's it gonna do? What's it gonna do? That witch. Oh, oh, I'll get you, my pretty, and your little. <laughs> All right, stop. <laughs> I'll do anything to make you pay attention. But uh, <laughs> listen to me. You don't have to be afraid. People are scared when you say, live life right. They get terrified. Quit having sex with your boyfriend. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's a ghost. Ah! You got to forgive your ex-wife. <laughs> They're scared to death. Give somebody. No. My precious, my precious. <laughs> Everything about church scares the willies out of you. Stop it. It's not a ghost. <laughs> I don't know why you people come here. <laughs> Look, everywhere Jesus went, people were always better off. Every time after he touched them, they were healthier. They were happier. They lived longer. They were financially blessed. Their buckets didn't run out. God wants to bless you. You have nothing to fear from him. What you need to be afraid of are the things in your life that you don't want to let go of because you think it's helping you. It's not helping. Let go. Let God. You don't need to be afraid of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And for your truth, I pray, Lord, you help these truths get through to people's hearts and their minds. Help us to get this, God. You want to bless people. Lord, help us, Lord, not to get scourged when all of a sudden we don't see our bucket of fish change instantly. But to walk in great expectations that we'll always have more than enough. And God, help people not to fear getting right with God. Because you've come to give us life and life more abundantly. And we thank you for that life in Jesus' name. Amen.